What's up, motherfuckers? I'm doing the intro this time. That's right, bitch! Welcome to, welcome to Edging on Dunstan. Uh, this is a podcast. Uh, oh, hang on. Let me. I, I, I completely forgot where I was going to go with that. This is great. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Edging on Dunstan, a podcast where three certified Dunstan dunces dissect a cinematic masterpiece in 10-minute increments. Today, we're talking about minutes 50 to 60, and I am Drew. I'm... (laughs) This treacherous swine is Sam. I'm Sam. I'm Adam. We're just three raccoons digging around in a golden crowd dumpster that is the movie Dustin checks in. Which is funny because there's no difference between the golden crowd dumpster and the golden crowd buffet. Yeah. Oh, that's what I, that's what I was gonna say before any words stopped coming to my mouth. Can we please have that intro before the credits and then the actual? Yes. Intro? Yeah. We can, we can do that. Oh my I came in with confidence at 10,000 and preparation at zero. <laughs> preparation at H. You know, co- confidence, it overshadows preparation. I think that we're all in such a, such a conflicting moods today because major conflict has been introduced in the world of Dunstan. Oh yeah, we got good old Buck. <laughs> yeah, Buck's here. Good old, good old, the Buck stops here. <laughs> Smash Bros intro, Buck LaFarge. His special ability is is definitely uh, sensing the monkey nearby. <laughs> if he fights Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong's got no chance. Alright, so just as a refresher from last week's episode... God, I, Lord knows I need that. Every time we start this, every single name has been hemorrhaged from my mind. Like I have to go back to the first page of my notes and check what everybody's name is again. Okay, except gonna, for Dunstan. We're gonna <laughs> ironic play, enough. We're gonna play a little game here. I'm gonna ask Sam uh, the names of three characters. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna say the notes. names of three characters, and Sam's gonna describe who they are and why they're relevant to the plot. Okay. Oh well, the second one might be impossible. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's that's fair enough. That's fair. Okay, uh, Brian Grant. Oh, wow, I have no idea. I genuinely, you, you could be making that name up right now and I wouldn't know. Brian Grant. I have no idea. The elder brother, the one who has the porno Wait, magazines. That's Brian? Yeah, yeah. his name's Kyle's Brian. the little one. Okay, I knew Kyle, so you really got me with that one. Okay, so one down. Sam? Yes. Mrs. Della Croce. Oh, everyone knows who Mrs. Della Croce is. All I know is Della Croce alert. Nothing in the movie is stuck with me. I'm realizing right now. Oh, <laughs> no, God. Della Croce okay, alert she's is the, wrong. She's the inspector. Right? She's the one that like wants to give him the sixth star. <laughs> no. Sam. Sam. <laughs> You're so far off. She's is, the one who gets sexually assaulted by Dunstan and gets robbed oh, by Dunstan. Yeah. Is she not the one who wants to get the hotel sixth no, star? She's, no, she's not. Mrs. Dubrow. That's Dubrow alert. Yeah. Yeah. Mrs. De La Croce is the one that gets felt up and spanked by the I, monkey. I can't decide if this is like bad on me or the movie. <laughs> Or, or the fact that it's been a week since we've recorded the episodes where she was relevant. Yeah, a little so column okay. A, It's okay. Alright, the final one was Victor Dubrow. Oh, well, that's the that's the bumbling husband who basically does not exist <laughs> yeah. in the movie. Right, can we get a ding, ding, ding sound effect? Oh, uh, yeah. Well, you're editing. <laughs> ding, ding, That was ding. more just for me to remember. Hey, Adam, can you put a sound of an elephant in here? I think that'd be pretty funny. Yeah, I like all the animal sound effects and just the uh, jungle noise when they're in the, the what is clearly like a uh, 
the seismic utility closet. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm, I'm not sure what's up with that. I, I just think that it's like to to demonstrate that this is the closest thing to a jungle that Dunstan's ever seen. And as heartbreaking as it is, it's <laughs> stupid mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because it is a greenhouse. It, it's. I'm green. pretty sure that they check behind. I'm pretty sure that they're hiding behind the exact same fern every single time. It, 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 this place is, is is like the size of a living room. It's it's a very it's a very small greenhouse. They 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 just like go with low angles. They never show mm -hmm. any wide shots of this room. I you cannot convince me this is no. not the smallest greenhouse. Yeah, it, they it, possibly find. even though the it's laws of filmmaking uh, dictate that you set establishing shots so you can see what you're looking at. But God forbid that we get a little more effort from Dunstan checks in. Well, I mean, I know we're. I, I know I started to kind of goof on that, but it, it is really kind of impressive when you consider that what was nineteen ninety six. Ninety six. Yes. That they had such advanced CG that they did that entire room in C. That entire room is actually computer animated. Really? The entire, yeah. The entire reason the room is so small is because just that size greenhouse alone, with the plant simulations and the ray tracing and all that. That that took the, a supercomputer roughly the size of a 747 in 1996 to process that. I mean, like you look at Toy Story, and this just blows Toy Story out of the water from around the same time. It, it's it's really quite impressive. Yeah, and Andy Serkis's motion cat performance of Dunstan is just phenomenal. Oh, you know, see, you'd think that, but actually, I watched the behind the scenes at the end of the DVD. Did you? I watched the behind the scenes, and actually, what you're seeing right there in the rainforest uh, cafe kind of scene is you're actually seeing a small model representation with a tiny little little person in a monkey suit. Wow. So it, it's like uh, 136 to scale. I thought it was really surprising they brought in a human actor to do the mocap for uh, Dunstan, especially because uh, they actually, the, the rig, the 3D model rig of Dunstan was built off a scan of an actual orangutan. <laughs> and that orangutan actually all. is the actor who was wearing the mocap suit for Jason Alexander's character. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs> All right, we've gone down enough rabbit holes. I think it starts to talk, start talking about this week's 10-minute chunk, which begins with Jason Alexander talking to some potential clients for the Majestic Hotel, but then out his window, he sees Monkey, and he is so shook. There's, there's like, three different parts where he's trying to open up the door and leave to take mm -hmm. care of the monkey, but he keeps hitting himself with the door. Because well, the, the doorknob's in the center of the door, which is just a bad design. That's a good point. True, I didn't even notice that. <laughs> but then he just keeps whacking himself with the door. He's like, <laughs> the monkey. <laughs> this chuckle somehow manages to bumble his way out to the greenhouse. Where he gets what molested it, by a Dunstan. What it's oh, man, is, in is, due is time. A beautiful scene of the uh, the two investors in the foreground with, uh, with the shenanigans happening in the background. I'm surprised you didn't fall in poop because that's the kind of a classic. My favorite part about that whole scene where he's trying to leave the door is that he screams out, Holy shit! <laughs> and they don't turn, like, he's clearly looking behind him. They don't turn around to see what he's looking at. <laughs> yeah, That's... they just think he's talking about the Four Seasons Hotel. Yeah, yeah, these ladies are dumb. Ha! <laughs> Get wrecked. It, yeah, white women for the lose. <laughs> you do raise a good point. He's very clearly not looking at them, and it's not like that's something that people don't notice. If you don't, if you don't know this, I highly recommend trying at home. Uh, <laughs> next time you're talking to someone, just look just past their left ear, and it drives people absolutely insane. They will they will continue turning around and ask you what you were looking at until they eventually stop talking to you. Especially if you're life. looking past them and you scream, "Holy shit!" Yeah, I feel like that especially adds to. You. Effect. Oh boy. Alright, so Robert goes out to the, the tiny little closet greenhouse. Is murdered to... by Dunstan. <laughs> but before that, he makes a call to his secretary in order to get some things done. First of all, he, he, he summons the best 
animal control person in the city, the best in all of New York City, which is going to become important later. But also, he wants his secretary to apologize to his son for him, because I guess this recontextualized the smelly ledge monster, the suicide of Neil, rest in peace, and uh, all of his son's absolutely manic blathering about an orangutan. Because he's such a good father, he decides to have his secretary apologize (laughs) for him. See, it's just a little bit of character development. He's a busy dad, but he cares. So after he he goes into the greenhouse, he begins beckoning, monkey, monkey, monkey. (laughs) And then, as if summoned by witchcraft or otherly spells, Dunstan jumps on his neck and forces Robert to perform fellatio on him. (laughs) A very disturbing scene. Uh... I, I really enjoyed when he runs back and forth with Dunstan just clinging to his back. Mm-hmm. just like hanging there like having a good time. Yeah, 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 Dunstan's face is entirely placid, but Jason Alexander is screaming like a madman. Uh, Dunstan is the calmest, most reserved actor in this movie. A very understated yeah. performance. Go, Sammy the Orangutan. I hope that you acted in many movies and lived a full and happy life. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway... So after after being potentially um, molested by this monkey, he leaves the room, and he gets word that the that the exterminator has arrived. The best exterminator, the, the five star oh. exterminator, yeah. the champagne of the exterminators. exterminators, the champagne of beers of exterminators. <laughs> so Sam, who who is the exterminator? Uh. His name is Buck Lafarge, as I've been informed. And what, <laughs> what, actor is, what actor is playing Buck Lafarge, Sam? Oh, that's a good question, because I'm bad at acting names, but I know it's Pee-wee Herman. <laughs> it's Paul Rubin's baby. It, it really it did take a second to hit me. Like, his first appearance, I was like, wait, why are you guys laughing? Oh! <laughs> it, it's hard to, to get a pinpoint on him when he's not doing the silly voice. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I ever heard him talk to the normal human voice. I know, it's so weird. But he's here, baby. He's here. Oh, he's he's gonna he's gonna find these monkey criminals and put them behind bars where they belong. Buck Lafarge's character is a man who's like a got this backwater sort of upbringing and mannerisms to him. But he knows his criminal monkeys. He's got a literal book that he shows to Robert Grant, and Robert Grant says, "All these monkeys are criminals." Which which he responds, "You've gotten." Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, this this guy gets no greater pleasure in the world than incarcerating monkeys. <laughs> uh, it's 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 really it's very profound uh, how much this man hates hates monkeys, uh, especially it, since all the all of the creatures in his book were apes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like any good any good hunter, he has an uh, he has a sort of respect for for. Uh, <laughs> for the, for the monkeys that he chases down, as as evidenced by the fact that he's one of the few people to achieve interspecies communication by making the <laughs> Yes, I got that written down. He knows the language. Yeah, he of genuinely the speaks the the language of raspberries that Dunstan has only communicated through thus far. There, there's a full like 10, 15 second exchange between Dunstan and Buck, and I really wish they had subtitles. Because clearly there is an understanding there that is deeper than I am capable of, of like picking mm-hmm. up on. There is a respect and an acceptance there. Mm-hmm. Oh, but I'll also, I'd like to jump back a little bit to where he's first introduced to Mrs. DeBrow and uh, and Robert. Buck Lafarge's? Buck Lafarge, yes. Yes. He, after he shows them the book of the monkeys that are criminals. The book of criminal monkeys. The book of yes. criminal monkeys, yes. The grimoire, if you will. <laughs> he, sh- he goes into the story about how there's monkeys in the sewers. 
Oh, talk about how how uh, <laughs> how parents flush their children's Easter monkeys down the toilet. The, the, the every background character is so much more developed and, and amazing. I want a movie. I want a, every individual background character in this movie could have their own film that would be better than this movie. The a part about this that bothered me to no end is he gets real close to Jason Alexander. He gets right up on him. And says, you know, I haven't been comfortable sitting on the John since 1967. And then half a second later, he's halfway across the room pulling a gun out of his bag. And then he winks at Jason Alexander. <laughs> he does. He gives like this really weird slow, like not the eye doesn't even fully close. Wink. Like you know what I'm talking about, not sitting on the John since 1970. Yeah, if there's one guy who's never sit on the toilet, it's Jason Alexander. Well, I mean, when you're... You don't need to sit on the toilet when you're just saving all your feces to brew the jank. <laughs> As this man clearly has been huffing jank nonstop. He's very dirty and disheveled. What, what, Wearing what this is... jumpsuit that looks like it was white 50 years ago. <laughs> what, what is jankum? Uh, it's when you brew like all of your feces and bodily fluids... And then you just let them seep for a long time. Then when you open up the lid, it, it gives you fumes that get you high. That's Django. But Lafarge goes to find the monkey. <laughs> I forgot we were going to tell you that on New Year's. <laughs> after, after, after New Year's. Buck Lafarge, he's in charge. But uh, Buck Lafarge, if there's one incredible thing about him, it is his dedication to his job. He, he acts like... Uh, during the mid two thousands, when there was that boom of reality shows about like uh, swamp boys and gator hunters and yes. veterinarians, yes. he's one of those guys. You could just imagine him talking to a camera in his jeep. He's yeah. like, "We're gonna find a pongo pygmaeus." He's got just the right level of unhinged to be on television, but not prison. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very fine line between yeah. television and prison. Uh, and yeah, uh, I, I really enjoy him using the scientific term. The Pongo Pygmaeus, which is something Pygmaeus. that is I have memorized because of how many times I've seen this film. Oh, in this. Oh, I also really enjoy the scene in the office when Kyle briefly comes in and sees Buck in there and says, "Dad, why does he have a gun?" To which Jason Alexander replies, "I'll tell you later." <laughs> <laughs> but before that, if Buck ever there was a pre nine eleven movie. Oh my gosh. <laughs> after after they shut Kyle out, uh, Buck Lafarge pulls out a tranquilizer dart and says, "This dart will knock out a human for eighteen hours." And Mrs. DeBrow looks at her watch like that means something, like that matters. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Eighteen hours. I can from fit now. that into my schedule. So, so if hypothetically you knocked him out now, eighteen hours from now he will be awakening in a <laughs> and, and ready to pleasure. <laughs> but, but 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 that's eighteen hours on a human. On a Dunstan, what will this dart do? Oh, it'll it'll kill him. It'll kill most him. likely. I, I don't, why does he just use regular bolts at that point? That's what I want to know. Because yeah. Like, someone rightly asked, "Well, what does it do to a monkey?" Well, probably kill him. Uh, uh, like, how does he not know? How is he arrested? All these other monkeys, he's arrested. What has Dunstan done that he's deserved death? <laughs> he's like, no, this monkey, this one, this one's got to go. <laughs> to be fair, he never says he brings the monkeys in alive. But they have all the mug shots, which implies they Oh, yeah. That's, I didn't even think about that. Shots. That's true. All right. They could be post-mortem. Like, like <laughs> He's just got their eyes prepped. photography where they just prop the monkey up. Like, like in the very top of the frame, you can see someone holding their fingers up oh, on their gosh. brows, pulling their eyeballs open. Well, they just take the eyes open like uh, <laughs> when he's sweating. They just replace <laughs> them with like marbles like you do with taxidermied animals. <laughs> yeah. 
I have two <clears throat> important notes about Buckley oh, Forge. You know Buck's mantle place is covered with monkey, monkey heads. Oh, man. And his bedroom is full of monkey ass. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I got all kinds of monkey ass, Mr. Grant. He has like that thing that, that some people do where like they taxidermy the head on one side and the butt on the other side of the wall is a joke. And, and he like tries to play it off as a joke, but it's like the, the you, clearly the butts have been more well taxidermy than the heads. Like clearly more care has been put into that. Yeah, his guests come over. Why is it crusty? And, and like the heads are kind of like they have cobwebs and are a bit dusty, but the butts are all really it's clean. pristine. Let's just say it wasn't a silverback like, when it died. Oh yeah. Uh, that was bizarre. I have two major notes about Buck Lafarge. First yes. of all, it is that uh, when Kyle first runs into the room, Buck Lafarge jumps down behind a chair and then levels a gun at this child, containing a tranquilizer dart that might kill him. Well, he does have post-traumatic stress disorder. From the orangutan wars. And that is, <laughs> and that is the exact uh, area of approach that orangutan would take. Yeah, he'd yell, Dad, no. He would open the door and yeah. scream, Dad. <laughs> You're right, he's in there. He's at orangutan level. <laughs> Anything that's like at that right height, he just by, by nature just lock and load. He's a veteran of the orangutan wars. That's how he learned to speak their language. He knows the best methods of hunting them down. Buck Lafarge is the Van Helsing of Dunstan's. He knows their methods. <laughs> he knows how to hunt them. He speaks their he's language. He lived among them. I really also enjoy that his name has the best spooners ever because the <laughs> barge definitely is <laughs> like like the, the the monkey videos that he's uploading on like ZooTube and whatever. <laughs> he's definitely going by <laughs> barge. We can do right? <laughs> oh my god. So, after hearing about how these darts would kill Dunstan... Oh, I'm really upset that the words monkey sodomite just crossed my mind. Oh, man. Buck Lafarge, known monkey sodomite. I think this is the episode where we've been most distracted by <laughs> subplots and well, other subterfuge. It was a really weird episode because uh, in this ten minutes, it was kind of a complete narrative like it felt like an episode of a tv show this 10 yeah it's pretty self-contained it, like, it starts off right when he's seeing dunstan in the background calls in an exterminator and then we end on like the exterminator and fail to find dunstan and just you know like walking down the hallway tune in next week oh yeah. god I mean, is it, that's where that's where we end for the week all right no no i'm sorry <laughs> <that's> <laughs> the, no, I, I know we're just gonna end 500 measures early <laughs> oh <laughs> that's a little inside joke okay so uh, after uh, Kyle hears about the tranquilizer darts killing the monkey, he goes out to where the security team is guarding the greenhouse, and he tells them that Dunstan's not in there, and they believe him, and they run away, and they, they leave the greenhouse unguarded and unwatched, so Kyle can sneak in to regroup with Dunstan. Yeah, he runs out and he says, Security! They hit the Pentagon! They hit the we, got, we can't make a habit out oh. of this. <laughs> the first three episodes, like the first half of the series, is is the Ronald Reagan and Hell. Oh. This is the 9/11. We're at the 9/11 arc. Oh man, where do we go from here? I'm scared. They're just getting more and more recent. It's gonna be too soon. Oh my goodness. But after the security team scatters, listening to what sociopath Kyle has to say. Kyle goes in and tries to rescue Dunstan from big old Buck Lafarge, who then follows in close behind. Oh, man, I don't even want to talk about this part. It's just... This is the part where Buck Lafarge is looking for Dunstan in this greenhouse. 
Mm-hmm. Then as he's poking around in the ferns, Dunstan grabs onto his gun, and then they start communicating in Dunstan speak, which of course is going <laughs> for a good 15 seconds. I, I do really enjoy that part. I, I'm actually kind of upset now because I just thought of a better casting choice for Buck Lafarge. Please enlighten Imagine Jim Varney as Buck Lafarge. No. no. Oh, no. you can't tell me that face acting would not be the, <laughs> where's the monkey? <laughs> he looks back and forth. Hey there, monkey. I'm going to shoot you. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good. <laughs> oh, I really want Jim Varney. <laughs> Well, too bad. He got Paul Rubens. Uh, yeah, Jim Farty's, Jim Farty's dead now, so we can't even like do a Dunstan Checks in remake. Oh, you guys, season three, we gotta do an Ernest movie. No. <laughs> I would, I would, um, no, like, in all seriousness, I would probably end up killing myself if I had to sit through an Ernest movie. I can sit through Dunstan all goddamn day. Uh, see, how can you, okay, I don't understand this, because for me, Ernest is like a treasured childhood memory. I can watch, <laughs> I can sit down, I can watch some Ernest. <laughs> Alright, you know what? I would watch Ernest only for you. You but can't tell me the Ernest Halloween special isn't great. I know the Halloween special is good. I've, done, I've Halloween never Halloween special is okay. The rest is garbage. I don't have a strong memory of the other ones except for Ernest joins the army for some reason. I'm going to drop this bomb on that hospital. <laughs> you need to stop right now. We need to get back to business. <laughs> we got to get back to Dunstan. All right, so while Dunstan's playing with Buck Lafarge's gun... <laughs> and they're having an incres- impressive dialogue. Yes. Kyle ties his shoelaces together. Dunstan's? No, Dunstan yes, doesn't wear shoes, you freaking idiot. He's got spats on. He's got what? Spats. What the f- are spats? The, the old-timey shoes with, like, the black shoes, white tops. Oh, okay, I gotta give me a pair of them. Now I know what they're called. <laughs> You're welcome, Internet. <laughs> to go with my cummerbund. <laughs> Buck Lafarge, tripping over his shoelaces, fires a round out of his gun, blowing out a window that Dust Dunstan escapes through. And that's a pretty loud gunshot for a tranquilizer. Yeah, guard. it doesn't go too. It goes. To raise the question: Why don't he just use real bullets if he's already going to kill Dunstan? Yeah, I think it's so he's he doesn't kill a person. And if it's not like a, yeah, this that's... is a five star hotel, we got to keep it quiet on the down low. But that thing was louder. <laughs> You're sitting in your room at the five-star hotel. You start hearing gunshots. You come to the lobby and say, "What's happening?" Oh, don't worry, sir. They're just hunting the monkey. <laughs> but why is he? <laughs> oh, carry on. Oh, don't worry, sir. That's Buck Lafarge. Yeah, he's no, all, he's all, a professional <laughs> monkey murderer. All the guests are like, "But why is he dressed like the Joker?" <laughs> I feel safer already. Carry on. Right. He busts out of the room disheveled, covered in dirt, which was already there when he walked in the front door. He's This man is clearly traumatized by a life of hunting monkeys. He's walking. When they show him just walking through the lobby, I really enjoy the detail of him just looking at the ceiling. He's, not, he he's got PTSD. He's, he's walking through the lobby, clutching his gun, like looking at this, looking in the rafters, like, where's, where's the monkey? Where's the monkey? Where is he? Buck Lafarge is a Chad. There are so many Chads in this movie. Like, on a scale of, uh, we'll say on a scale of Brian to Lionel Spaulding, Lionel Spaulding being 10 and Brian being 1, who would you say he is closer to? I think he surpasses Lionel Spaulding. Nah, really? I, I seriously do. All right. I, I think Lionel we'll Spaulding's a nine and Buck Lafarge is a ten. All right. You can't beat the fuck Farge, as he's all often known. Barge. Barge, and then it just gets bastardized even further to fuck Farge. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what happens. 
You can't stop me. Every time you hear just the bleep, you'll know that's me referring to, to Buckle Fart. Kyle escapes. I'm, I'm the penny on the tracks. <laughs> Buckle Farge, man. Uh, Wait, can you imagine uh, he, if... Can you imagine if, if Buck Lafarge... That's just... That's it. That's, the that's whole it. Plot. If he was that's real, man. I, like, oh man, this is... It, it's great because it's ten minutes. And I keep thinking, like, how far... Well, baby, we're halfway through this part. The, other, the second half of this just starts... There's nothing. There's nothing. You think like... Oh, I disagree. There's some There's some comedy gold in that, that last five minutes. Well, there's sh- a good three start, minutes of nothing. Start, should we start panning then? <laughs> Let's start panning for that gold. Okay, all right. I, I want to see what you found. I found some I, very interesting things. Lay it on me. I, I really only found like two or three nuggets in the last okay. half of this. I, I will say the last watch. the last thirty seconds is back to a good business. But oh, that's true. That's true because we got hit by the Farge in the lobby and yeah, and Doctor and Doctor Lambing knock. But before that, Adam. All right. So uh, after the whole greenhouse incident, we cut to. Uh, Kyle tracking down Dunstan in his secret monkey lair, and he comes across a big puddle of blood. Mm-hmm. So here we think that Dustin Dunstan's been hit with a bullet and is like on death's door. And then we catch the next scene. He's got a tiny little piece of glass in his hand that there was just puddles and puddles of blood from, which yes. is easily removed by tweezers and the singing of Happy Birthday. They sing. Uh, Kyle sings Happy Birthday to keep Dunstan calm when they remove the glass. At first, he's a bit too jittery. But uh, being the, the absolute dunce that this stupid child is, he sings all of Happy Birthday and then removes the glass. Yep. <laughs> Which really bothered me to no end. I didn't even notice that. Good find, Sam. <laughs> but this also is where they bring Brian, the elder brother, into their secret monkey sect. He is now one of the guardians of Dunstan. And I, I would also like to acknowledge the fact that this whole monkey being injured plot is is in and out in a minute and 30 seconds. <laughs> and all it serves to do is lead us into what should have been the first act of the yes, film. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely We're agree. like an hour in, and this feels like the beginning of the movie. Dunstan finally checks in, y'all. Guys. I'm proud to say Dunstan finally checks in. He did it. Be like an air horn. Adam edited in applause. I really didn't think it was ever going to happen. I was, I was kind of shocked. There was a very bold, creative decision to have Dunstan check in. <laughs> I didn't. Audience has long since checked out. <laughs> I didn't predict Dunstan would check in. It was All a real right. twist. So, Drew, yes, what, 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 uh, how do they get him in the hotel? What is their plan? Uh, racism? <laughs> racism, yeah. Other other than the, the threat of looming racism, what do they do to get him in the hotel? They uh, open up a phone book and see a name, uh, a man named Lambing Knock. And so they make a reservation at the hotel... I have no idea how. I assume you needed a credit card or something, but then again... They flipped to the credit card phone book and found his credit card number, Yeah, they, they found Lamping Nuts' credit card in the phone book. And so, then they take an incredibly unnecessary step, which is to dress Dunstan up in a fedora and blankets and put him in a wheelchair <laughs> in full view. They don't do anything to hide his face yeah, or anything. he's still very clearly an orangutan. <laughs> but they keep on calling him Dr. Nagak, which makes me think that they're just counting on everybody being so racist that they're just like, 
Oh, that's what those people look like. That's not a monkey. Oh. Right there, build enough for that. I My biggest point that, that I find that this is gold from is the mm. maid. The, the maid, maid in the elevator. There is a maid, the two boys, and Dunstan dressed like Dr. Nagak in his little wheelchair. <laughs> <laughs> she... I, the fact that she is... I don't know if she's fooled or not, or she just doesn't give a shit. <laughs> she is not paid enough. She, she's not paid enough to care. But just the fact that... <laughs> Right, like we're understating how how horrible this disguise is. It's just dust, Dunstan in a fedora okay. with like a polio blanket Here's, on his legs. Have you guys ever seen those like those those pictures from the '90s when uh, Michael Jackson would try to go places in disguise, but it was very clear like Michael Jackson and Shaw and sunglasses. <laughs> that's what they, that's the same yes. level. But imagine if Michael Jackson wasn't even wearing the sunglasses. This is an orangutan in a wheelchair, and the maid obviously sees that, but. That's not her job. Just yeah, this imagine. Yeah, like the equivalent of Michael Jackson wearing a fedora and a shawl and moonwalking <laughs> through Disney World. Going hee-hee. <laughs> Just imagine, though, if she would have seen this, because, let, let, let's, let's straighten this out. She saw the two boys that were with the monkey. Yes. She heard them say the name that they're going by. All right. So if she, if she gave a shit, she could have ended the whole movie. That maid could have stopped the entirety of Dunstan Checks In. Why would you turn that monkey around? Why would you turn that monkey around? I want you to put yourself in the headspace, though, because I genuinely don't think there's a person alive who would report that monkey to security. (laughs) Because you're working in a hotel. You you statistically probably don't really like your job. Jason Alexander's your boss. You definitely don't like your job very much. You're probably not getting paid enough. You're You're one to growl alert away from losing your job. You're standing in the elevator. Someone pushes what is obviously a monkey... In a hat into the elevator. What is your, my, my, fir, my first thought's gonna be let's see how this goes. <laughs> let's let this one play out. Yeah, things are about to get fun around here. Alright, so guys. They the, when, when they get to the room, uh, this is the other thing I found very enjoyable. The fact that Dunstan's just clearly an alcoholic. Yeah, he, he goes instantly goes for the champagne. champagne. He, he drinks like what? A good half bottle of that champagne. Yeah, orangutan with the champagne. I really want to get a cut of the movie where as soon as he pops that cork, it freezes and does the uh, <laughs> Eric Andre will be right back. Because <laughs> there's just the most perfect three frames of as much champagne spray as there could possibly be. Like, the the, the set dresser took this bottle, was having a bad day, and just shook the everything <laughs> out. Like, you go, you go, Dunstan, have fun. Like, they, Dunstan pops this cork, and half of the bottle spray, you can tell in that, like, quarter of a second that they showed that before they cut away that that entire bottle sprayed completely on the floor i do have to say that i'm very actually genuinely impressed that the monkey was trained to open the champagne Mm -hmm. bottle that is actually pretty impressive if we have preview images unique to each episode i want the preview images of this episode to be that frame (laughs) of of dunstan spraying champagne like he just won the indy 500 Uh, i was kind (laughs) of hoping we could do a still frame of just dunstan disguised as dr oh they're both so good we should we should have like an a flicker gallery <laughs> so we can just link all our favorite gallery we'll, we'll make our done we'll make our meme account where we can just post all of our favorite image macros from the movies that we review all right and after uh, after they check Dunstan into the hotel we're taken back to lord rutledge who's not doing so well after losing his prized monkey he only mm-hmm. ate half of his sandwich but he no. smoked all his cigarettes no yeah like the he picks up the sandwich as if to like use it in his acting, and then sets it right back down. Yeah, it's like he very picks strange. it up in a second, sets it back down in the same second. It, it. I'm not sure if he was just like he was going method. He was preparing to monologue to his. <laughs> <laughs> 
to Dunstan or not to Dunstan. <laughs> oh, but that's really it. And that I think that takes us to our favorite ending segment. Sam, what's in the future of Dunstan Checkson? Okay, well, I was, I was thinking about it a little bit, and I did think, I, I think I figured out what I've done wrong. When I've been trying to summarize the movie before, I've been like thinking what a normal movie would do. You know how like a how an actual movie would wrap up and does, and, and resolve all of its a plots. But I'm realizing now is this movie is not a normal movie. So I think what's really going to happen is that we're going to really focus in on all the villain characters, and it's just going to kind of wrap it up for them. I think what we're going to eventually find out is that uh, Dunstan's going to be in in Rutledge's room. We're going to be trying to figure out like what his motivation is. Why is what, what is his real motivation? As, as Dunstan is digging through files, files and files, he finds, he finds what happened to his older brother, Sammy, I believe? Sammy's the actual monkey. His, his Samson. Oh, Samson. He finds out the he finds Why don't you out say the that terrible, like it's an Asian pronunciation? Samson. <laughs> he finds out the terrible fate that befell Samson, uh, which is that uh, Rutledge murdered and skinned him. With his nipple see, clamp. <laughs> Yeah, because you, you see what, what Rutledge actually is. He's not a carny, and he's not a uh, he's not like a fancy hotel patron. But what Rutledge actually is is a businessman, and his business is monkey merkins. <laughs> he's got clients are Buck Lafarge. He's got to get he's got to get Dunstan. He's he's got to get Dunstan fattened up, get more surface area so we can get as many merkins out of this monkey as he possibly can, and that's why he's been that's why he's been. (laughs) (laughs) Dunstan opens the suitcase and it's just full of merkins made from coarse, stiff monkey hair. Spare the rod. And, 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 Spoil the merkin. And that's why—that's where he gets all his money. All his merkins are bespoke. That's why he's trying to get to know all the women of the hotel so well. It's not because this movie's horny. It's because he's got to—he's got to really get in there so we can custom make. He's got to get all the specs, <laughs> the measurements for his his perfect monkey. Merkins. That's why he was staring at Delacroce's cleavage. He's got to get like—he's got an eye for for detail. He can look at. As everyone knows, by looking at the cleavage, you can get a good idea of what a person's merkin size would be. I have no idea what a merkin is, so I'm just going with Do the flow. Do either of you know what a merkin is? No. I have no goddamn clue. Oh, boy. Well, I, today I get the pleasure of informing both of you that a merkin is uh, false pubic hair for women. Oh, my God. <laughs> Famously Why? worn by uh, lots of actresses to like cover themselves when they have to do full nude scenes. Oh man, we're learning some shit today. Yeah, yeah so that's why uh, <laughs> that's why Rutledge is making monkey merkins. Uh, I've got a. It probably would have helped if you guys would have known what that was before I went on this long rant. That's I've got right. a second idea that you inspired, and that's Dunstan uh, Rutledge is fattening up these orangutans to skin them and make a Buffalo Bill orangutan <laughs> suit. <laughs> he wants to be an he's orangutan. Gonna, he's would you monkey? I'm monkey. He's gonna put the full suit on. He's gonna look in the mirror and go. goodbye horses alright everybody I think that's about wrapping wrapping this one up join us next week as we look at minutes 60 to 70 and until then I have been Drew he's gonna lock himself in the bathroom and give himself an old monkey paw I'm Sam (laughs) (sighs) I'm in need of therapy Thank you, everybody. Uh, have a nice week. Have fun living in the city. 
That was Edging on Dunstan, the podcast where three buffoons analyze Dunstan checks in 10 minutes at a time. You can email us at edgingpodcast at gmail.com. If you want your email featured on the show, make sure to let us know if we can use your name. Edging on Dunstan is a podcast by Sam, featuring Adam and Drew. Editing is by Adam. Intro is Right to Ascension, written by Sam, and remixed by Adam.